Good morning, Cathedral of Faith. How are you guys this morning? Would you please stand with me as we begin worship? I'm so grateful to be here, are you? I ask you again, I'm so grateful to be here this morning, are you? Amen, let's try it one more time. Are we grateful? Yes! Praise God, we're gonna start this worship service with Psalm 145, verses five through seven. Three big ideas that I want you to take away with you this morning. The first is, most importantly, is that we will give God praise, we'll give Him honor, and we'll worship His holy name. Psalm, one, Psalm 145, verses 4 through 7, verses 5 says, They speak of your glorious splendor, of your majesty, and I will meditate on your wonderful works. They tell of the power of your awesome works and I will proclaim your great deeds. Now here's the third part, and here's where it really gets good. They celebrate your abundant goodness and joyfully sing your righteousness. Choir, are we ready? Let's get ready. Let's go. Let's worship. Come on, Cathedral, somebody shout hallelujah. Come on, Cathedral, let's put those hands together this morning, all right? This is the day that you have made Whatever comes, I won't complain For all my hope is in your name And now your joy Let's give him thanks. Come on, let's sing. I give thanks for all you have done. And I will sing of your mercy and your love. Your love is failing. Lord, I am Yeah. 
grateful in the house come on let's give him a shout of praise as we give thanks come on let's sing this out i give thanks i give thanks for all you have done and i will sing of your mercy and your love your love is unfailing lord i am
in this moment I hope you feel the Spirit of the Lord resting upon you just as the Spirit of the Lord rested upon David just as it rested upon Moses just as it rested upon Jesus himself the Spirit of the Living God is here alive and well and it's in you it's in me it's in us and it's not just here to be here it's here to do a job it's got a job, it's got a purpose in your life. It's got a purpose in my life, and he's leading us forward with purpose. I believe that there's greatness inside of every one of us here because we're created in the image of God. And I believe that there's a calling upon your life. I believe that there's ministries that have yet to be birthed. There's businesses that have yet to be birthed in this community. There's dreams that have yet to see the light of day. It's like a seed in the ground. You may not see it for a while, but when it comes forth, look out. So right now, in the name of Jesus, we declare the purpose and the promise of God over each and every individual. I pray, Lord, that you would empower your people to stand boldly and courageously in the face of the enemy, in the face of the unknown, in the face of a tomorrow that they can't see. God, they know who holds their future. I pray, Lord God, that you would give them a boldness and a confidence to stand and see the glory and the victory of the Lord. In Jesus' name, all of God's people shouted, amen. Come on, let's give him praise. Hallelujah. Amen. Hello, Cathedral family. God is good. And all the time. It's so good to be together, whether you're on site, in the building, in the amphitheater, out in the parking lot. Can I hear you out in the parking lot? All those who are watching online, the different sites around the Bay, thanks so much for being here. Cathedral is a place where everybody's welcome, where nobody's perfect, starting with me, where anything is possible because we serve an amazing God, and it's a place where the love is lived out, amen? 
So before you're seated, would you look at two or three people and tell them, expect the impossible, because that's the kind of God we serve. Again, thanks so much for being with us. Uh, and if you're a guest, Kurt, we've got some new things rolling out technologically. And so why don't you take us through uh, the newest? Yeah, if you're here for the first time, in, right in front of you in the back seat, there's a Let's Connect card. And how many are familiar with QR codes? All right, we've been using them a lot during the pandemic to check out your menus. But now it's a great way. It's a simple one-stop shop for you to connect here at Cathedral of Faith, whether, you want your, whether you're here for the very first time, it lets us know we want to connect with you, or if you want to get involved and volunteer, you can do that as well. You can also give from scanning this QR code. That's another way. If you make a decision to follow Jesus, we want to hear about it. You can let us know that way. And then also, if you need prayer, it's a one-stop. You can let us know through the QR code as well. How many have the Cathedral Faith app? All right, for those of you that don't, you can also download the Cathedral app from the Google uh, Store or the Apple Store right here through the QR codes. For those that have no idea what a QR code, don't worry, turn the card over and we got it just the old school for you. You can just write your information down, let us know that you're here, and then we're going to have somebody, you're going to say, well, what's going to happen? Is Pastor Ken going to show up at your house if you fill this out? No. <laughs> Pastor Ken will not, but you'll have the friendliest voice that you've ever heard, Pastor Shelley. She's in charge with connecting people here. Pastor Shelley, come on. There's no one sweeter than Pastor Shelley. She'll be the person reaching out to you through email or a phone call, so don't dodge her call, all right? So I want to encourage you to do that. And uh, as a matter of fact, we just updated our app today, so you can download the app. Yeah, and it's... it's uh... So it, it's for first-time guests, but it's for really for more than just yes. first-time guests. So it's a way to stay connected however long you've been at Cathedral of Faith. So we encourage you to try it out. Just test it out. We'd love to get some feedback from you. And then I wanted to remind you about all the Connect, Grow, Serve opportunities. They happen throughout the week, every day. I encourage you, look at them, pray about them, see which one God gives you that nudge to get involved because it's a great way to grow in your faith, to get connected with other family members at Cathedral of Faith, and to serve, fulfill your purpose by using your gifts to make a difference in the lives of others. So you can get one of these at the Guest Center. It's also on the website. That's right. That's the best way to grow is to get involved and serve. Well, here at Cathedral of Faith, we know God wants to bless you for one reason, so you can be a blessing. You guys are on it this morning. Hey, and it's always exciting to hear what God is doing through our church family. Just uh, this past summer, a family that high, was highly involved in our Spanish campus ministry reached out to us and said, hey, we have a heart. God has called us to literally pick up and move to McCallum, Texas to serve uh, to serve the poor right there. There's a big deal going on right there at the border town in McAllen, Texas. And we said, how could we be a part of that? So we sent them packing with our reaching out truck and they're already serving there. They sent us some, uh, some photos. Let's go to the photos there, Jade, of some of the folks serving, giving clothes and food. Because that's what we're about. So Cathedral Now is in McAllen, Texas. Yeah, that's just so fantastic. Thank you for having that kind of heart. You know, to have that kind of vision where you'd go 
and now serving right there at the border, reaching out is down there making a difference. Let's give God yeah. praise one more time. Amen. So again, thank you for giving. Lots of ways to give uh, through your app, online. You can text or you can uh, see one of the ushers on your way out today. Thank you for all you do in your giving. Let me speak God's blessing over your finances. Father, I thank you. We recognize in this moment that everything good that we have in our lives ultimately has come from your hand. Our gifts and abilities, the opportunities we have, the skill sets that you've given to us and helped us develop. Lord, all of that, all of it's come from you. All of it ultimately belongs to you. And God, as we give today, we honor you in our giving. And we remember that you are our source. God is my source. Say that with me. God is my source. We celebrate that. Our trust is in you. Bless your people in increasing ways so we can be a greater blessing in the days ahead. We pray this in the matchless, marvelous name of Jesus. All God's people said, amen. amen. Well, right now, we are so blessed at Cathedral. We have Jessica coming out to sing, and we're going to prepare to receive communion. So make sure you have the elements close by. And the song she just sang, I Am Courageous, if uh, you've only been around a few months, that's actually a Cathedral original, uh, Pastor Vaughn put that together, uh, and they just came out with another, um, they just came out with an acoustical version of Jessica singing that in the lobby, and how could they access that? They can uh, find it on YouTube, and hopefully maybe we'll post it on the social media's platforms for Cathedral of Faith this week for you yeah. to see. That's fantastic. Yeah, thank you so much, Pastor Vaughn and Jessica and the team. They're coming to, boy, point you to Jesus, and let's, uh, let's get our hearts ready to receive. Are you past the point of weary? Is your burden weighing heavy? Is it all too much to carry? Let me tell you about my Jesus. Do you feel that him Shame's done all this healing And you're desperate for some healing Let me tell you about my Jesus He makes the way where there ain't no way
Take my price of guilty Who could care that much about me? Let me tell you about my Jesus Oh, come on He makes a way where there ain't no Everybody standing, please. As we come to the Lord's table, we come to let him change our lives. This is what this moment's about. Jesus invites us to the table. He's present at the table. And what happens at the table is Jesus changes our life one moment at a time. And this is that moment. So today I invite you to turn away from your sin and turn toward the table of grace. Turn away from your despair and turn toward the table of hope. Turn away from your guilt and your shame and turn toward the table of forgiveness and life and let Jesus change your life today. Thank you, Jesus, for who you are and what you've done for us. We eat. And we eat today in faith, believing and receiving that because of you, this is a life-changing moment. Forgive us, heal us, redeem us. Take away our shame and our guilt. Let's eat of the bread of Christ together. Jesus, this is the cup of life. And as we drink today, we bring our we're death and brokenness and pain and ugliness has been winning the day. We bring it to you, Jesus, and we drink in beauty and truth and love and life. Let's drink in of the cup of Christ. Thank you, Lord. Now I invite you to say with me, we call it our affirmation of faith. It's different scriptures that have been put together to talk about the victory that we have in Jesus Christ. I invite you to say it with me. You can see it up on the screens, the affirmation of faith. Everyone say it with me. This is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. For great is our God and greatly is he to be praised. I'm his child. I'm an heir of God and a joint heir with Jesus Christ. 
Therefore, no weapon that's formed against me shall prosper. The weapons of my warfare, they are not carnal, but they are mighty through God to the pulling down of enemy strongholds. I am more than a conqueror. I am victorious because I walk by faith and not by sight. And greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Amen and amen and amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Well, one more time, I hope you're ready. Ready for what God wants to speak to you in the next few moments. Dr. Wayne is coming to share, and he has a message for you. Go ahead and be seated, and as you're being seated, tell somebody, I'm ready. You're Faster, quicker, feeling sicker, hustle, bustle, I've got to get this done. To-do lists, obligations, expectations, pressure, no time, too much to do. Many of us feel that our lives are overtaken by busyness and we never seem to have enough time. In fact, if you ask most Americans, how are you? They're liable to say, oh, I'm so busy. Somehow we think to be busy is to be a worthwhile person. That that's part of this culture that's made a decision that time is money, which by the way is not very biblical. We think busy means meaningful, and we are busy, and in a strange way, sometimes we're sort of proud of it. We sort of brag, oh yeah, I'm, I complain that I'm busy, but really, inside we think being busy means being important. But busyness does not mean I'm diligent. Busyness does not mean I'm faithful. Busyness does not mean I'm fruitful, and busyness does not mean that I'm being obedient. How did we get here? Well, God has a solution for us in today's commandment about the Sabbath. There's a reason why he gave us this fourth commandment. In fact, I'm going to invite you to stand with me as I catch my breath. (laughs) And we're going to read together the fourth commandment. And here's what it says. It says, remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work. But the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, neither you nor your son or daughter, nor your animals, nor any foreigner residing in your towns. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea and all that's in them, but he rested on the seventh day. Therefore, the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. Let's pray. Lord, you know all of our stories. Some of us are so incredibly busy. We can barely catch our breath. But Lord, I pray that today you would speak life into us. You would give us a perspective on our lives As we've gathered to worship you today, we we need you to open up our eyes to understand 
how to view our life, our calling, our purposes through your eyes. Thank you for what you're going to do as you come to us today and as you, by your Spirit's power, teach us about Sabbath. In Jesus' name, amen. As you're being seated, turn to somebody next to you and say, relax. Now, let me sort of start from the very beginning, helping you understand something very significant. For six days, God created, and on the seventh day, he rested. Now, you and I hear the word rested, and we think, oh, what did he take a nap? Was he really tired? He must have been exhausted. No, God never gets tired. He never sleeps. He never slumbers. It's not that God's like, oh, I'm exhausted. I need to do something. The word for rest there in the original Hebrew actually means joyous delight. In other words, he delighted in all that he had made. He's like, this is beautiful. This is what I intended. This is very good. So to rest means to take joyous delight. In fact, I want to talk to you about three things that we can do to enter in Sabbath the way God intended. The first one is the word pause. Pause. Say that with me. Pause. What God did is after he created everything, he paused. And in that minute, that day, that opportunity, that window, it was taking in all the joy of what he had created. In Genesis 2-3, we read this, so God blessed the Sabbath and made it holy. He set the Sabbath aside as a special day. And somehow, in the commandments, he says to us, honor the Sabbath day and keep it holy. So here's what that means. In the Bible, you have a lot of passages of scripture. In fact, 74 times there's a word that shows up. And here's what it is. I'm going to read a verse that says, I cried to the Lord with my voice, and he heard me. Salah. Salah. That word shows up 74 times. It means pause. Think about that. Don't go by that so fast. Don't, don't ignore that. Pause. And part of what pausing is, is to experience Salah. Say that with me. Experience Salah. Part of Sabbath is to pause and in that moment, look at our lives, think about what God has done, think about what he said, think about what he has in store for us. We experience Salah. Well, I want to tell you a story real quick. This is a story that happened in the subway in Washington, D.C. At the metro station, there was a young man who came out, set up his violin, went out and played, and for... 30 minutes, he played six of the most beautiful Bach masterpieces that have ever been written. After about three minutes, a guy slowed down, looked, and kept going. After about six minutes, a lady walked by and put a dollar bill in. Over the course of the time that he played, six people stopped. A couple kids tried to stop, but their parents dragged them on. But he played these beautiful masterpieces. People zoomed by, and after a half hour, he finished up, closed up his violin case, 
counted his $32 and walked out. But what people didn't know is that the violinist was Joshua Bell, one of the best musicians in the world. He was playing on a Stradivarius made in 1718 that was worth $3.5 million. And the week before, he had sold out a crowd in Boston charging $100 a person. And yet here in this subway, six people stopped, $32 came in, people just kept going. And here's what that's all about. Sometimes we are so busy going through our life and we fail to pause and stop and see the beauty of what God's doing. And if we miss that violinist, how much more do we miss because we're zooming so busily through our lives every single day? That's why it's important for us to pause, to experience Salah, and reflect on our lives, reflect on God's purposes, and reflect on all that He has prepared for us. Let me unpack this a little more. Here's what the next point of this is all about. The way we do that is we share in God's delight. Say that with me, share in God's delight. God stopped on the seventh day to enjoy creation, and what He wants us to do once a week is just to pause, Look back on our week. What has the Lord done? What is he working? What are the blessings that maybe I rushed past really quickly? It's a moment for me to sort of think about all that he's done. The next part of that is when we savor God's blessings. Psalm 77 says, I will consider all your works and meditate on all your mighty deeds. Sabbath is a time to just say, wow. Have you ever sat down to a meal? And all of a sudden realize you finished eating and don't even remember eating anything? Don't raise your hand. We can go through it so fast like, wait, what did I eat? That was fast. Well, we can do the same thing with our day. Instead of savoring what God is doing, pausing and looking around, being aware of God's purposes, he wants us to stop, savor his blessings. Yeah, I want to read a passage of scripture to you. And as we do, there's some pictures I want you to take a look at on the screen. It says, O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. The heavens declare the glory of God and the skies proclaim the work of his hands. You've set your glory in the heavens. When I consider the heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and stars that you've set in place, what is mankind that you are mindful of us and human beings that you care for us? You made them a little lower than the angels, and you crowned us with glory and honor. You made us rulers over the works of your hands. You put everything under our feet, all flocks and herds and animals of the wild, the birds in the sky and the fish in the sea, and all that swim in the paths of the seas. All things bright and beautiful, all creatures great and small. All things wise and wonderful, the Lord made them all. O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. This is God's creation. This is what's taking place right now all around the world. The work of God in the creation that he put together in those first six days. 
And part of our responsibility is to enjoy, to pause, to savor God's blessings, to think about what he's done, to reflect on his goodness and allow his life and blessings to fill each one of us. What a wonderful world God has created. Such beauty, such majesty, his purposes all for us to enjoy. What an amazing God we serve, amen? So once a week, he wants us to pause, take in the beauty of what he's made, take in the beauty of what he's done in us, where he's brought us from, what he's working in us, because sort of implied there, if you're taking that day, that the other six days you work. And part of that is when I become refreshed and strengthened in the presence of the Lord, then Sabbath reminds me that for the rest of the week, I go to work to do one thing, to worship and serve Christ. I go to work to worship and serve Christ. That's why you iron those clothes, to worship and serve Christ. That's why you change those diapers, to worship and serve Christ. That's why you do that accounting. That's why you do that work, that delivery. That's why you interact with all those people in your life, you know, so that we can worship and serve Christ the rest of the week, coming out of what he pours into us on Sabbath. Colossians 3.23 says this, whatever you do, do with all your might is unto the Lord. Last week I was in Turkey in the city of Colossae where this was written. I read that up there as a statement of saying this is what God's purpose is for every day of our life. To worship and serve him, to do whatever we do with all of our might. Because on Sabbath we renew, we refresh, we're revived in God's purposes. Let me read to you another one of those psalms that has that salah in it. From 66, verse 1 to 4. Shout for joy to God, all the earth. Sing the glory of his name. Make his praise glorious. Say to God, how awesome are your deeds. So great is your power that your enemies cringe before you. All the earth bows down to you. They sing praise to you. They sing praises to your name. Salah. Think about it. How awesome are his deeds. How mighty he is. So Sabbath's intention, when God says honor the Sabbath, is that we would pause. The next part is this. Not only do we pause, but he wants to give us peace. Peace. Say that with me. Peace. Sabbath is intended to be a day of peace. Because we stop and pause. Now, let's go to Deuteronomy chapter 5, which is another place where God gives the same commandment about the Sabbath. And here's what he says. Remember that you were slaves in Egypt and that the Lord your God brought you out of there with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm. Therefore, the Lord your God has commanded you to observe the Sabbath day. So the first time we have the command for Sabbath, it's because God created in six days. And he's like, I want you to delight in and receive joy from what I've done. But in this one, it says, you honor the Sabbath because you used to be slaves. You know, slaves never get a day off. And he says, I want Sabbath to be a reminder that you're free people. And that's a word for us. It's a moment where I 
receive peace because of what God has delivered me from, what he's helped me overcome, where he's given me victory, what he's set me free from, the bondage that I was in before I came to him. Sabbath is the time to receive the peace that comes. And the way we do that is one day a week, we practice eternity. Wait, what? We practice eternity. Let me explain that to you. God intended that one day a week you would stop and live as if you were in eternity. And we do that by doing two things. First of all, we remember by linking with the past. We remember what God has done because in Ephesians 1 it says, long before he laid down the earth's foundations, he had us in mind. He had settled on us as the focus of his love and he made to be made holy and whole by his love. So in other words, that's a day when I stop and look back. It's a time that I remember what God's done in my life. But we also practice eternity because it's a moment when we link with the future. This is a day when I recognize the kingdom of God's coming. Even though it's not all the way here, there is a day coming. And in Revelation chapter 21, verse 4, we read this. God will wipe every tear from their eyes. There'll be no more mourning or crying or pain for the old order of things has passed away. So we practice eternity on Sabbath and receive peace by remembering where he's brought it from and thinking about where we're going. There's going to be a day when there's no more pain and no more sickness. One day, there'll be no more bills. One day, there'll be no more taxes. One day, there'll be no more death. One day, there'll be no more conflict. That day in eternity is our future. And Sabbath is supposed to be a day that you pause and you just spend that day. Even if you're having fights with people in your family, today is Sabbath. We don't do that today. Even though I'm frustrated with you, Even though I don't like what you're doing, today we pause and we practice eternity. No conflict today. You know, sometimes it can be hard to figure out when do you take Sabbath? You know, and uh, when we were in Israel last week, we experienced the Sabbath, what they call Shabbat. And one of the things that every Jewish person would say to you, starting at Friday night at dinner until Saturday night, is Shabbat Shalom. Shabbat Shalom, which means Peace on the Sabbath. That's why we want to experience peace. So we say that, Shabbat Shalom. Lord, let me experience your peace. I practice today as if everything's taken care of. I don't look at anything today that keeps me from focusing on the purpose you have for me. So it's a day where we receive that peace. Shalom. We pause and we have peace. And one of the ways we do that is we contemplate God's goodness. You think about how good he is. And in Psalm 100, the Lord is good. His love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. That's why we come together. Did you hear the songs we sang this morning? Lord, I am grateful. I am courageous in you. We come together to worship. Now again, Jews practice it on Sabbath, on Saturday. The Christian world, we've often done it on Sunday because that's the day Jesus rose from the dead. Because Jesus resurrected, that's a sign of our new life. But I learned early on as a pastor, Sunday wasn't always a Sabbath for me. But here's what I do. As soon as I walk out of here and get in the car on Sunday, first thing I always say to my wife, you're on vacation. (laughs) Because we're on vacation. This is our Sabbath. It's a time to look back 
to reflect, to remember, to receive. Several years ago, Diane and I were in Key West. And while we were there, I went outside and there was this absolutely gorgeous sunset. And I stood there that night, I'm like, God, you are so amazing. This is so beautiful. What an amazing God you are. And just experiencing that sunset, seeing the beauty, talking about the awesomeness of God, receiving the peace of God. It was such a powerful moment of peace, such a powerful moment in God's presence. Like, God, you are so good to me. And right in the middle of all that, I'm like, Lord, is there anything you want to say to me? And here's what he said. You know, Wayne, I do this every day. If you slowed down long enough, you would see what I'm doing. It's so funny because we were just in Israel, and I can't tell you how many people took pictures of sunrises and sunsets, and they were absolutely gorgeous, and there's a good reason to. But the reality is, there were violinists playing around us all day. There were sunrises and sunsets every day, and God calls us to receive his peace. Let's look at John 14, 27, when Jesus says, my, my peace I give you, my peace I leave with you. Sabbath is a day to pause. And even if I've been hurrying, scurrying all week, I pause, I receive the peace of Christ. Lord, speak your peace into me. Let me know what you have prepared for me. So we have pause time, setting aside time on Sabbath to pause. We also receive peace that day. It's sort of like it fills our tank up with peace. And the third thing about Sabbath and why God commands us is praise. Praise. In fact, let's give God thanks and praise for his faithfulness right now. Amen? That's why we gather here. That's why the first thing we do when we come together in service is we praise God for his goodness. Let me tell you about my Jesus. We are grateful. We declare his praises. And here's what that looks like. In 2 Corinthians chapter 1, we read this verse that Paul writes. He says, no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ. And so through him, the amen is spoken by us to the glory of God. So here's what that means. When I praise on Sabbath, it's me doing this. I say amen. Say amen. Say that with me say amen. On Sabbath, I'm like, amen, God, to what you're doing. Amen, God, that you're not finished, but you're working, and I receive that. Amen, God, because you're leading my life. Amen to the miracles I saw this week. Sometimes we can rush so past that we don't realize all the Lord is doing. Well, I have a little exercise I'm going to do here. How many savvy shoppers do we have in the house? Oh, well, we got a few savvy shoppers. Does anybody know where this comes from? Nobody can see this, huh? What? Starbucks? Okay, you're right. I bought this at Starbucks. Does anybody know where this came from? Costco. Does anybody know where this came from? 365. Whole Foods, 
Okay, so the answer was Starbucks, Costco, Whole Foods. But you know what? If you look here on the side, this is from Indonesia. It's from Indonesia. And if you look here, ah, product of Mexico. And if you look here, Weed, California. Now, okay, I know this came from Starbucks in Indonesia, but you know what? It grows on an evergreen bush. This came from a bush. And these pecans from Mexico, they actually grew on a tree. And this water from Weed, California, it really came from a spring. But wait, even though I bought this at Safeway from Indonesia that grew on a tree, who made that tree? Who? And even though this was purchased at Costco and came from Mexico and grew on a tree, who created that tree? And even though I got this at Whole Foods, and it came from Weed, California, and a spring. Who created that spring? Okay, so let me ask you again. Where did this come from? Where did this come from? Where did this come from? You see, what happens to us is we get so caught up in, oh, yeah, I went to Starbucks. Oh, I went to Safeway. Oh, I went to Whole Foods. Oh, I went. But everything we have comes from God. Did you hear Pastor Ken say that earlier? He's the source of all things. God is the source of all things. And in James 1:17, it says, every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father. Everything you have, everything that's in your bank account, everything that's in your home or your automobile or your boat or whatever you have, it all comes from God. And what we do in this moment of Sabbath is we pause, we receive peace, and we give God praise because we acknowledge God's good gifts. Let's give him thanks and praise. In Matthew chapter 7, Jesus says this in the Sermon on the Mount. If you know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? God is the source of all things. And so Sabbath, I mean, we should be grateful all the time. I love that song we started service with. Lord, I am grateful for all you've done. That's what we do in this moment. We expect express our gratitude for God's incredible favor, for his faithfulness, for all that he's doing. And then also on this day, we trust God's watchful care. It's a day to be reminded that we can trust God from the bottom of our heart and listen for God's voice in everything we do, everywhere we go. He's the one who will keep us on track. You know, the problem is if we're always yearning for more, 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 faster, 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 that yearning leads to ingratitude with what we have. Sabbath is meant to pause, to remember that everything comes from God. It's all from him. I don't know if any of you have ever fasted, but you know, sometimes you can go without lunch or go a day without food. You start to get physically weak, don't you? That's why we gather every weekend. Because some of us start to go weeks without spiritual food. 
What we do when we come here is in worship, we acknowledge, God, I'm grateful for who you are. It's all about my Jesus. We come here, we receive communion, remember what God has done. We hear the word of the Lord to strengthen us and spiritually, we get spiritually fed when we come here. That's the purpose of coming week after week to be part of what God's doing, to enjoy his purposes and let God speak to us and nourish us and strengthen us. Because this is God's intention. God wants us to enjoy life. Remember why he did creation? Six days. See, here's the problem. We think that God made land, he made light, he made stars, he made sun and moon, he made land and sea, he made fish in the sea, he made birds in the air, he made wild animals, and then the culmination of all of creation is us. But you know, that's not what the Bible tells us. Remember, God didn't rest because he was tired. The whole culmination of creation, the purpose of creation was day seven, to enjoy it. God wants us to enjoy our lives the way he intended. That's his intentions for us. In the first Timothy six, we read these words. It says, put your hope in God who richly provides us with everything for our, for our enjoyment. All that you have is so that you will enjoy the blessings of the Lord, enjoy life, experience all that he has for us. Amen, let's give him thanks and praise. So this is a day to rejoice when what God has done. Now every single one of these 10 commandments are fulfilled in Jesus. And here's what that means. Jesus brings completion to us. Because we know we, Jesus, we receive that rest. That's why he says, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, I will give you rest. The key is, Sabbath is about Jesus helping us find rest. We're set free from the past. We have a great future. And on Sabbath, we stop, we receive peace, we give God thanks. Instead of thinking about what we don't have and what we lost and what hasn't happened yet, Sabbath is a day to focus on who God is and what he has for us. The fulfillment of that comes when the writer of Hebrews in chapter four writes about Jesus and says this, so there's a special rest still waiting for the people of God. For all who have entered into God's rest have rested from their labors just as God did after creating the world. So let us do our best to enter into that joyous delight, to enter into that rest. Once a week, you set aside a time to say, I'm gonna focus on God's goodness. I'm gonna focus on God's purposes. I'm gonna focus on what God has prepared me. This is my day of rest. And by rest, I don't mean just a nap, although nap might mean what it means for you. It's a time for us to focus our lives in on God's purposes. So Sabbath is when we find our rest in God. We find our rest in God. So what happens is Sabbath comes, and I might not literally own a hammock, but it's a moment for me to say, God, I rest in you. I'm in your arms. You've got this. Whatever it hasn't come to pass yet, you've got it. Lord, whatever I'm struggling with, you've got it. I just take this day to put aside the cares of the day, put aside my worries, put aside everything else, and rest in Jesus. That's what we do when we come here. 
I don't know about you, but sometimes I can be dealing with a lot of stuff and I get down here in the front row and Pastor Vaughn and the worship team starts leading us and all of a sudden it just lifts because I get perspective. I focus on God's goodness. I focus on who he is. And that's what we want you to do here. We can be so busy running around, hurrying and scurrying that we don't take that day once a week to stop. You know, again, as I said earlier, I don't always get that on Sunday because of being a pastor. So my wife and I always had this agreement. On our day off, which here is always Mondays, you know, people say, hey, can we get the other Monday? He's like, oh, sorry, I have an appointment that day. And my appointment is with Jesus <laughs> and with my wife. And we hang out. Now, when we were younger and the kids were little, we would go to breakfast every Sabbath. And at breakfast, we'd talk about, you know, what do we need to do? What do we come up with? What are we planning? How are we going to deal with this with the kids? All that. But then once we got up from breakfast, we weren't allowed to talk about the three C's. We couldn't talk about the church because we both work there because that was work. We couldn't talk about the children because we'd already dealt with them at the breakfast table. And we couldn't talk about conflicts. If we were working through something, it's like, let's put it aside. Let's just enjoy this day. Let's set aside. We pause, we receive peace, and we give God praise. So let's talk about those three points. I want them to get them in your spirit right now. First of all, we pause, we experience the law. In other words, we say, okay, God, I'm going to rest in you today. I'm going to rest in your purposes. I'm going to stop, think about what you've done, think about who you are, and experience Salah. Second of all is I receive peace. I practice eternity. I remember where Jesus brought me from. I remember where I'm headed, and I put aside everything else so that that day I can practice eternity. And then third of all, I give him praise. I say amen to what he's done. I give thanks for all that he's done. I worship him. I celebrate his faithfulness. So let me tell you the difference between somebody who has Sabbath and who doesn't. So I'm the non-Sabbath person right now. I'm going to hold up a cue card. I want you to read it. Oops. Oh, how am I? Well, oh, oh gee, I'm so busy. I feel, hardly feel like I have time to breathe. Uh, well, you know, there's so much going on, I'm exhausted. I just feel numb. Uh, I'm so touchy. Everything irritates me these days. Everybody drains me. I don't remember the last time I had a good laugh. Oh, I just keep going and going and going and going, but it's like I never get anything accomplished. That's your non-Sabbath person. Well, you know, there's a lot going on, but it's pretty fulfilling. You know, I am so grateful for the peace I have. I'm st there's still a lot of storms going on, but God has given me peace. You know, I'm being pulled in a lot of directions these days, but I'm so grateful for the goodness of God. I am so rested. I'm resting in Jesus. Peace out. So, what's it look like for you? Does it mean taking a walk? Does it mean reading a book? Does it just mean sitting somewhere and pondering the goodness of God? Does it mean maybe taking a nap, counting your blessings, 
What does Sabbath look like for you? For all of us, it's something different. For one of us, tinkering in the yard might be a good Sabbath. Another one of us is one of those chores we have to do. You have to find what is that weekly moment I have to pause, to have peace, and to give praise. What does that look like for you? How does that play out in your life? Maybe it's hanging with friends. Maybe it's downloading some of those worship songs and just sitting and listening to them for a few minutes. What does it look like for you to experience God's blessing and Sabbath so that you enjoy life? It's not a matter of, let me work, 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 and when I'm 65, I'll retire, and then I can rest. No? Hopefully you do get a rest then too. But God promises one day a week, you're on vacation. How fun indeed. Let's bow our heads together. Lord, you know every one of us. You know all the busyness. You know all the expectations. You know all the things we deal with. You know everything that's going on. Some of us are dealing with diagnoses. Some of us are dealing with joblessness. Some of us are dealing with homelessness. We're all dealing with different things. But Lord, give us the ability to see ourselves, our lives, what we have from your perspective. You're the source of all things. Every drop of water we drink, every bite of food we eat, everything we experience, that house we have made of wood and bricks came from the ground and the trees that you created. Everything comes from you. And sometimes, Lord, we put so much pressure on ourselves. More, more, faster, faster, do it, do it. Check, 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 check. Thank you for this incredible church family where we can come, lay aside the worries of our day, worship you, focus on you, exalt you, give you praise, celebrate your body and blood, be with each other, encourage each other. But Lord, teach us how to pause. Teach us how to receive your peace. Teach us how to give you thanks and praise. Lord, for each one of us, it's a different step of obedience to honor the Sabbath day and keep it holy. You're not calling us to some kind of legalistic ritual. You're calling us to freedom and enjoyment and blessing and peace. And I speak that over your people. Peace be still. Peace of Christ upon you. Pause, reflect on the goodness of God and give him praise for all he has done. Lord, there are some of us today in between. We know you love us and care for us. We know you have a hope and a future, but we're dealing with a diagnosis right now. Thank you that you're the healer. Today, we put all that in your hands. Some of us are facing eviction, some of us are facing money that's due and we don't know where it's coming from. Today, we live as if it's eternity. We put it in your hands. Thank you for your faithfulness. You're the healer. You're the provider. You're our strength. In Jesus' name. Let's stand together. I want you to join me in lifting thanks and praise to God for his incredible faithfulness. Hallelujah.
Hallelujah. Where does this come from? Where does this come from? Where does this come from? In fact, if you look around, the people around you, the chairs around you, the carpet around you, the air you breathe, it all comes from. And that's what Sabbath's about. Calling us back to that memory. What a blessed day to be in the house of the Lord. Amen. Next week, Pastor Ken continues our 10 series as we look at the Ten Commandments. I hope this has been a time for you to understand the perspective that Jesus has for you. If some of you would like to be part of our Christmas production, Christmas plays, Christmas props, Christmas tech, you can sign up in the foyer after service. You can get, go outside and meet Pastor Ken at the meet and greet. And you may not realize this, but every Sunday at 11 o'clock, we translate this, Spanish, this service into Spanish. People can come and get headsets. If you have a family member or a friend who doesn't speak English very well, have them come at 11, get the headsets and be part of that. Uh, Nico and Laura are a great team that lead that up. We've had so many ways that we want to bless our community and see God's purposes. Amen? Let me speak God's blessing on you. Lord, I speak your peace over your people. Calm the storms heal the sick, do the work that you have for them. Let this day be a day of rest, of joyous delight to enjoy all that you have for them. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. God bless you. We love you. Have a great week in the Lord.